said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Well, why should he get to skip school when everybody else has to go? Syphilitic meningitis. He never gets caught. This guy in my biology class said that if Ferris dies, he's giving his eyes to Stevie Wonder. Well, he's very popular, Ed. I recall Central Park in fall. Ferris Bueller, do you know him? Yeah, he's getting me out of summer school. They think he's a righteous dude. Think he'll be alive this weekend? I can see him denying popular beliefs, setting off on some impossible mission. He jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. He does whatever he wants. You know, as long as I've known him, everything works for him. Whatever he wants. He's very cool. And he never gets nailed. Ferris can do anything. Oh, he's such a sweet. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. It's a fool's paradise. He is just leading you down the primrose path. Matthew Broderick. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's day off. Because life is too beautiful a thing to waste. Donka Shane, darling Donka Shane. I knew that that song was in this movie one time. I didn't realize it was a recurring theme. It was in the shower, and then the principal sings it, walk like hums it, walking around. And then he sings it at the float, and then his sister sings it after she makes out with uh, 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 Charles Sheen. Charles Sheen, yes. Welcome to Movie Umpers. My name is Bob Sheehan. I am Angela. And uh, we have saved the best for last. The sounds you hear will be dogs, probably. And our theme this month has been the asshole on film. Assholes on film. Yes. And we saved the biggest piece of shit <laughs> for last. Nah. I will explain it more at the end of the episode. Now, this Ferris Bueller guy. We're talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is our first John Hughes movie we've done. Yeah. For the show, written by John Hughes, starring Matthew Broderick, Mia Sarah, Alan Ruck, Jennifer Grey, and old Jeffrey Jones, who was convicted with possession of child pornography in the early 2000s. Produced by old Johnny Huge, Huge. <laughs> uh, cinematography by Tak Fujimoto. I, I forgot to mention that Robert Elswit was the cinematographer for There Will Be Blood. He was also the cinematographer for Nightcrawler. Ooh, that makes sense. That's some good cinematography Hell in both yeah, of those is. movies, right? Hell yeah. Uh, Tak Fujimoto was a cinematographer for, well, one of them for Badlands, the Terrence Malick movie. Ooh. And The Silence of the Lambs. Ooh. So, with those, well, Silence of the Lambs came out after this one, but yeah. Still. Interesting, uh, interesting, interesting uh, uh, resume there, right? Yeah. But yeah, we're talking about, you know, people love this fucking movie, right? I mean,. The 80s, especially our generation, 80s movies are pretty big. Yeah. Uh, 80s, 90s, you know, and, um, and you know, I'm not, I think this is actually a pretty fun ass movie. It is. It's probably one of the better ones, honestly, like in retrospect that holds up the most. Yeah. There's, there's a charm to it. I'm not going to deny that there's a charm there's to a it. There's a charm to it. And it, there were things that I didn't remember that did kind of catch me off guard as, actually really like clever yeah yeah you know i was surprised i didn't expect it to really be that clever because i mean we were kids when we watched it you yeah, know we yeah were, everything we were dumb is, everything is much more surface but yeah it's a fine it's a fine movie but this ferris bueller kid 
piece of shit. <laughs> his he's got this friend Cameron. Who's That's a, where he's the most piece of shit. Is where Cameron is involved. Yeah, yeah. And there's this like that scene. Look, a lot of people have seen this movie, right? We're not going to go like no. Why? And, but I will. But this kid, you know, he puts a lot of work into not doing any work. He works twice as hard to not work hard mm-hmm. than he would if he just went to school and just took the fucking test. Yeah. For one. Yeah. And uh, was that an October Fest parade in downtown Chicago? Cameron Fry, this one's for you. I don't know. Then they said they were graduating in a few months, and they said they were graduating in June. And yeah, there's a lot of talk about graduation in summer and what we're gonna do next year. Y'all know this movie. Mia right? Sarah Jennifer- stopped acting. Yeah, yeah. After a handful of movies, I think she's done a few things more recently, but she didn't act for a long time. Jennifer Grey bowed out as well. Like, I think she did a couple Jennifer more movies. Grey- um, Jennifer Grey is like she's hot. Well, very uh, controversially, got a nose job and it completely changed her face one hundred percent. Oh, and I have only seen her in one thing post post nose job, post and it job. was a Hallmark Christmas movie. So that's Oof. where her career went. Oof. My Oof. understanding is that she always hated her nose and wanted to change it as soon as she could. She did. Which is fine. Do what's best for you. Do what you want to do. But it changed her look so much that everyone was like, now you just look like everyone else. Like, who cares? You're just a pretty girl. Like, But there's no, like... Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's it's weird. I it's mean, she weird. was super pretty. She's so she, pretty. She pulled a prime Charles Sheen. Now she could probably um, pull... She pulled Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Now she would Come pull... On. Now she'd probably just be able to pull Charlie Sheen today, you know? <laughs> tiger blood. Remember when he was going all tiger blood? <laughs> Winning. Some are saying that you're bipolar. I'm by winning. But you feel real sorry for Cameron. But also, Cameron yeah. has this looming father figure that we never see, who's a hard ass and he only loves his car. I don't care what kind of dad you are. If you like, if you'd like, run the fucking car off the back of your designer modern home into the forest. Like, I don't know. I we just have to. You're ex- in trouble no matter what. We just have to accept that. All that his rich father, they're all loaded, right? They're all loaded. The thing that we, for those, anyone who has not maybe seen a John Hughes movie, the deal with John Hughes movies are parents are either stupid or mean. Yeah. There's no in between. They're either like so clueless, like Ferris parents, or they're terrible monsters like the principal and Cameron's dad. There's no between. Occasionally you get like a Harry Dean Stanton in Pretty in Pink, right. but he's dad. clueless. He's not, she's parenting him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's a sweetheart, but he's not good for anything. He falls into the dumb parents category. Oh, yeah. I love him, what but a, what that's about, just uh, how it is. They're never helpful. They're never good. What about Breakfast Club? That's another example of the parental types being completely off camera. The teacher is well the teacher is a monster and the parental types are off camera but we hear horror stories about certain ones of their parents. Who's the kid who's uh uh fl- he had a flare gun in his locker, he cried. Oh, uh uh Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. Yeah. 
Anthony Michael Hall. And um, you know, maybe it was my upbringing or the environment that I grew up in, mm-hmm. where I mean, I, I was a rural kid, and maybe we were about ten years behind a lot of people in terms, you know, country living, sure. country folk. There's still a little bit of that spare the rod, spoil the child there. I felt like our generation was kind of split. Like some of us were still getting our asses belted, and other and others were not. It was like transitioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was I remember the 80s. That was how it was everywhere. But we, but we just kind of. But the idea of seeing like the Anthony Michael Hall character in Breakfast Club cry over the flare gun in the locker, that was comical to a young to us when we were kids in this environment where you would probably get told to pick a switch because you rolled your eyes or some shit, right? Mm. And and also, and this is going to sound fucking bad, I, I, I told this story to a group of friends of mine, and they were, like, aghast. Remember in Dead Poet Society? Yeah. Where the guy, he's got the kid, his dad's going to make him go to military school instead of that private school yeah. to hang out with, oh, Captain, my captain. Yeah. And he's so upset about it, he kills himself. Yeah. We watched that movie in school, and we, in the classroom, after that scene fucking laughed at that character because like like you're fucking loaded you're going to the and now you you, you've got all this shit and you're gonna kill yourself because you got to go to like our parents can't even afford to send us to your school or a military i don't know there was just something about it like they really did not relate to those kids that much Yeah, because it was it's stories about privileged people. Ferris Bueller is a privileged... Dead Poets Society definitely was about sure. privileged kids. Favorite John Hughes movies are the Molly Ringwald ones, except in Breakfast Club, she's the Richie, Richie Pants. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That one's a little more adult. Yeah, we'll that's that a little one. more adult. But I was just we'll saying as far one. as like the not Richie kids, but if it's not about rich kids, it's always about... Kids who aren't rich not being accepted by rich kids. Yeah, yeah. Because that was pretty in pink. Right, that she was wasn't loaded. 16 Candles. There was still, like, a wrong side of the tracks you could be from, which I was in Hendersonville, like, place around here. You say that name now, especially people are like, oh, that's a rich, richy part of town. There's parts of that town that aren't, or at least weren't when I lived there, but it was very much like the rich part of town and the not rich part of town. But... Yeah, Hendersonville, for those who don't know, is like right outside of Nashville. Yeah. And it is a very wealthy area with, uh, when you reach the Indian Lake Community Center and you get past that point, mm-hmm. that's when the money starts to blow up. And yeah. as you go to that point, it's a bunch of discount tobacco, uh, check cashing places, a lot of super Mercados, stuff like that. It was very middle class, low class. It we, wasn't. We mentioned something. I forget what movie we were talking about, but we stopped and we were like, Man, everyone, we were all broke in the early 90s, weren't oh, we, yeah. right? Like, there was just a certain point. We I, were broke when we started dating. <laughs> that's true. We that's were both true. broke as hell when we started dating. Um, Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, this movie, old Ferris Bueller, this Ferris Bueller, working twice as hard to do the one amount of work he doesn't want to do. And you can relate, but he's also the super popular kid. Like, everyone loves yeah. Ferris. He's literally getting his sick day reported in the newspaper. And he's decided it needs to be this day because he's he says that it's for Cameron. Yeah. That he needs to get Cameron Who out of really the house is and sick. give Cameron a good time. No, he's not. He has anxiety. Right. Like, he says he's sick, but he's not sick. Cameron definitely probably the most relatable in terms of, like... But you don't know if he's... Bl- but he's so anxious. You don't know if he's blowing everything out of proportion. I just can't accept without it seeing... 
it portrayed properly that his dad is this bad. The bit at the end where he's like, I gotta take a stand. I gotta, it's like, does this man beat you? Because that is a different conversation. <laughs> like, what do you mean he's, like, does he just ignore you? You're gonna leave next year. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Unless yeah. he's actually, like, mentally, physically, emotionally abusing you, then he's probably just being a dad and he's being uptight and he's not paying enough attention. And he gets his girlfriend, Sloane Peterson, out of school. By faking her grandmother's death. Yes. And she doesn't know that her grandmother isn't dead until she goes out to the car. But she knows he's going to pick her up because as soon as the principal's assistant comes into the room, she starts putting her jacket on. She knows she's coming to get her. Yeah. So she's ready for whatever story happens. Sure, sure. But for a second, you got to imagine like, oh my God, my grandma died. Right? I don't think she thought that for one second. I don't know. She her, was never upset. Her so. father is a chief of police. Corrupt as Is fuck. her father really the chief of police? Yeah, they, they mention it in passing because they do the phone calls. They do the restaurant phone call, but I thought that was just bullshit. They, they, the they mentioned the this is Officer Peterson, chief of police. Okay. They made some like kind of con job that implicated that her father was like yeah, yeah, someone yeah. who had some pull. So, yeah. Chicago cops. Oh, ain't no way you're not corrupt as fuck but yeah they have quite the day don't they and all the uh, jeffrey jones the uh, uh the pedo creep he was convicted of holding uh he had child pornography so he is a registered sex offender in the state of california and it's so weird to see him in things i think he was filming deadwood when he got caught doing that Jesus. shit he was the dad in beetlejuice he was mm. in howard the duck he was in yeah that all really movies. i'm not the saying fact that the he was in the howard the duck me, really ripped I just you mean, up it's that was very influential on me as a child you're like not the villain in howard the duck Listen. no when I, was a kid, I loved it yeah you like them duck titties i feel like we're talking about like so many movies other than this one well, that's because, okay. Also, so the principal's trying to get him all day, so he doesn't do his job. And also, his sister <laughs> is so mad about Ferris not coming to school that she never goes to school either. She's at the school, but she doesn't go to a single one of her classes. She just walks around looking into doors, clocking people, loving her brother, hating on everyone. Yeah. She's such an angry, 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 angry Jealous. little girl. Are they twins? I don't know, but it was established that Ferris wanted a car and he got a computer. And his sister got a car. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you're a teenager and you're given a car, like, how could you ever be like, I'm the one that never gets away with anything? You got a She's fucking car. She's the responsible car. one. Yeah, but you just are. It's just your personality. It's got nothing to do with your brother. Well, she's not trying to get away with anything either. She's just yeah. mad that he. That's why she got the car. Jealous because she wants to do those kind of things, but she doesn't think any she. But she okay. She wants to do those things, but she knows that they're bad, so she doesn't think anyone should. She's just one of those cunts. The characters. In She's her name could have been Karen. Karen cunt. The character. Karen Bueller. The characterizations in this movie are very well rounded, like very well done in terms of yeah. personality types and how they're represented. Like no one's really coming off as like the same, like a Xerox of another person or anything like that. No, no, it yeah. does seem like the 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 personalities are very distinct. Even Charlie Sheen. Who's not in it that much, who ends up, he's just a dude at the police station where Jeannie finds herself after. Okay. 
At one point, Jeannie's gone home to try to catch Ferris. The principal's also gone to the house to try to catch Ferris. They both realize that he's not really at home, but the principal has broken into their house, and Jeannie catches him, calls the police, and says, there's a, bur a burglar in my house. Like, someone's broken into my house. And somehow she ends up in the police station for making a phony phone call. There but was there that was man's blood. In... He hit their dog in the head with a pot of plant. That's the most ridiculous part of the movie is that the principal That was upsetting. Shit. And the principal shit was so stupid. Like, why would the principal do that? Just, like, just fail him. Just became, hold him back. He became crazed, Bob. Yeah. He was obsessed. Then he has to write that. With that teenage boy. A little too obsessed with the teenage boy, Mr. Jones. But, you know, the, the crew have a good day. They go to the art museum in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I was there once a long time ago. We should go next time we go to that I would city. love to. They go to a Cubs game. The principal barely misses seeing him. On the TV because he goes to a random restaurant to see if they're there. Like, this is Chicago. There's got to be a 100,000 restaurants in this city. When he thinks he's on the phone with Ferris and he's actually on the phone with Cameron pretending to be Sloane's dad, he starts saying all kinds of rude, terrible things. He walks up to a girl in one of those random restaurants. He checks out to see if Ferris is hanging and thinks it's Ferris and is talking about, your ass is mine. <laughs> And, and it, she turns around and spits her drink in his face. At one point, uh, Ferris's sister calls him a trouser snake. Calls her brother a trouser snake. Okay. I mean, it's like saying he's a dick, but like, uh, okay, why? Sure. That's what that means. But it's like, trouser snake, it just feels inappropriate to call your brother that for I some I guess there is, a, there is a lot of dated adolescent slang in this movie. Obviously, this is from the mid-80s, but uh, I don't recall anyone calling anyone a trouser snake. I've heard that term. I've yeah. never heard anyone call I've heard that. it like, your trouser snake, like your dick. Yeah. But not like, I've never heard it like, you're a trouser no, snake. No, I think no one ever said that except her in that movie. Oh, uh, okay. I don't think that was a thing people said. Who do you think was hotter, Sloan or uh, Jennifer Grey? They're both very pretty. They're both very pretty. Well, what I started to say earlier is Mia Sarah stopped acting, but I was obsessed with her because she was in Legend. Oh, yeah. So she's... Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I, I still would go I think with, Jennifer Grey is definitely uh, cuter. I would go for Jennifer Grey. And those like uptight do goodery girls always did kind of like those <laughs> who like tout the rules all the time. <laughs> you're not that, you're not that hard up, but maybe in the beginning you were. I mean, <laughs> I think you've loosened up for sure. <laughs> I was very tightly wound for a very long time. How about that song? I think that by a band called YOLO, I think. Less than a hundred were made. My father spent three years restoring this car. It is his love. It is his passion. It is his fault he didn't lock the garage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's also scenes where literally Ferris's dad, as they're going around the city, is literally either standing right next to him or looks at him once and doesn't recognize his dumb own parents, son. Dumb parents. Like he never saw Ferris at a certain angle. He sees him running down the street and he's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, then he does the double take and he's gone. It's the 80s. He's on coke. Of course, that end scene where Ferris has to get home after ruining Cameron's life. And then he goes and he run, and he's that montage where he's running. He's got to beat his mom and sister. And he does get caught, but his sister bails him out. 
Yeah, at the very end, because she realizes that, well, she's been kissed now. Because Charles Sheen, like, told her, loosened her up. All right. You want to know what's wrong? I know what's wrong. I just want to hear you say it. In a nutshell, I hate my brother. How's that? That's cool. Did you blow him away or something? No, not yet. He loosened her up, and then... And then they had a mutual enemy, which was the principal. That's true. So once she realized that, the she enemy of all children, him, that principal. principal. Enemy of all children, that principal. Yeah. So yeah. And she's not going to tell her parents because that would also mean letting the principal win. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all know Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but let me get to my point. I was going to say and why I think because now before we rate this movie i want to get i want let's let's talk about our assholes of the month right let me tell you why i think ferris bueller should be number one okay think of all our assholes that we know your Rianus, the Rianusuke from sort of doom your your lewin davis like maybe lewin davis will go on to be like he's your casual lewin davis is kind of like the asshole that we would probably know in our everyday yeah life. yeah he'll grow out of it maybe yeah or he'll just be kind of miserable but but a lot of our assholes we see them like fully realized in their assholeness yes but for a ferris bueller we're seeing the start of true asshole behavior this is the exact kind of person who's going to grow up get into politics Probably be a lobbyist for like a weapons manufacturer. Oh shit! Fucking grinning out sideways through his shit for a shit-eating grin while he's making deals for war weapons that end up killing millions of people in other countries. Ferris Bueller has the most potential to do the most damage in the most cynical and money-grubbing ways. He's the rich kid. He he slacks off. Everyone likes him. Only like two people truly hate him in this whole movie. Everyone else is just trying to, they're trying to raise money for this rich kid to get a, a kidney that he doesn't need. He's already getting everything handed to him and he's barely trying. See, I think he goes to college, can't cheat his way through anything anymore, and then becomes a car salesman. Nah, it's some <laughs> of this. He ain't marrying Sloan. I don't care what they say. I in know, the fucking she goes, movie. he's going to marry me. No, he ain't. No, baby. He's going to get in a... He's going to be... One of he's going to get someone pregnant his freshman year of He's going to get all wrapped up in Chicago politics. Probably be like some kind of slumlord or something. I'm telling you, this is the kind of person that grows up to ruin lives by the thousands, by the millions. I stand by this. Ferris all Bueller right. is the biggest piece of shit asshole of the month. But we're not... Fine, you're the boss. You're about to tell me that we're not doing something that we're just making up as we go along. Well, in my mind, this was not about their asshole potential. This was about the asshole in the movie. Maybe you should read read a personality type as well as I can and behold and understand who you're dealing with. I mean, I you know, he never murdered anyone in cold blood yet. So you can't convict someone on something they haven't yet done. Guys like Ferris Bueller... They kill people with a stroke of a pen. They ruin lives with a stroke of a pen. What was it? Uh, at least Rianus- Oh, yeah. At least Rianuske does it directly. Well, this kind of goes into... So I just recently reread The Psychopath Test, and they talk about that. Like, someone who is a murderer, yes, it is devastating what they do to, like, those people's lives and those people's families, but if someone is 
a psychopath and they're in like the government, they do more damage. They're starting entire wars. They're killing entire cities. Thank you, John Ronson. I get it. This is exactly the type of person it. that Ferris Bueller is. Yeah. You think this, you, you, you can't look at this movie, see this kid, how he goes about life, sees what he gets away with and think for a second that he's going <laughs> to lose in life. A cynical world feeds people like this. Mm-hmm. A cynical society feeds people like this. And he is he is a psychopath because he has no sense of wrongdoing. That's right. Even when he says he'll he'll take the heat for Cameron, I don't believe him. Well, I I think he would, but he would take it because it wouldn't matter to him. Exactly. He'd be like, "It's he, fine. I can. You don't want this heat. I can." He take knows this he heat. he gives less of a shit than he it does, so he doesn't. He knows care it's not going to mean anything in the end. Yeah. And he's not going to marry Sloane, and he doesn't really care because even after she's like, "He's going to marry me," he's running through those yards and he doubles back to like introduce himself to those bikini ladies. He's a player. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. A good, good comedic timing on that She's just the prettiest girl part, yeah. in high school yeah. for him to have on his arm. Also, Jennifer Grey did not recognize her own principal when he broke into her house. That I can excuse because he was dirt. not in the right place. He's in dirt. He looked like a maniac because he jumped out at her. And she just kicked him three times in the face and ran. That's fine. So we're gonna. I wouldn't recognize our next door neighbor if he was in our house, and I. Well, I would, but like if I was scared, I might just punch too before I stop to be like, "Oh, this is who you are." Sure. (laughs) Okay. Before we get into our top, not gonna hurt you, Jimmy. (laughs) Before we, he listens. He's a devout listener. That old man. Can you imagine? That old man. Hey, I've been listening to your YouTube show. Okay. Uh, let's Aren't rate, you on the radio or let's, something? Let's rate Ferris Bueller before we go into our analyze all okay. our top ten assholes of the month. Rate Save the Ferris. Save Ferris, rate the movie. Four. I'm going to give it a 3.25. Okay. So that's a 7.25. That's Hey, that's, I actually think that's pretty good. I do too. That's a B-tier movie. Yeah, for what it is... Like I said, it was even better than I remembered, and it's just so much fun. It's 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 not a bad made movie at all, and no. there there is like some charm to it. There Four is, a, is very generous, but yeah. that's nostalgia too. And the, look, I get it. This this is kind of a fun movie, but when you when you're just splitting hairs like I do and reading between the lines, then you get the truth. So in that sense, maybe this movie can be educational as to the people you should really look out for in life. Oh, I see. This is an educational film. Yeah. All right. There you go. Ferris Bueller's Day Off by John Hughey. Um, <laughs> 7.25 between Collateral and National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. Raw, right? Which I think didn't National. That makes sense. Didn't Loaded Weapon 1 also have a Charles Sheen cameo? Yes. It did. Wow. So they're a good company. All right. Now we're going to go into our list of who we think are top 10. Have you already made this list? No. Okay. But number one. Is Ferris Bueller. Okay. Uh, the, number 10 is the man with no name. He's yes. the least of the assholes. He is the least of the assholes. So who we have left is Ray from In Bruges, Rianuske from Sorted Doom, Lewin Davis from Inside Lewin Davis, Tuco from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Connie Nikas from Good Time, Lou Bloom from Nightcrawler, Ethan Edwards from The Searchers, and Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood. Okay. And let me tell you, it was hard to kind of narrow down your asshole movies. Like one good one is like Jordan Belfort from 
uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Absolutely. That would have been a great asshole. But Absolutely. Yeah, we could I be- mean, we could do a whole other month of assholes. Yeah, down the road. But who do you think is, out of all those people, the number two asshole? Ryanusuke. Ryanusuke. We gave him a thousand out of ten. I think I would put uh, Lou Bloom from Nightcrawler above Ryanusuke. Okay. Which yes. I think we actually determined that he is worse. You're right. He is worse because, yes, because he, yeah. So, number one, Ferris Bueller. Number two, Lou Bloom from Nightcrawler. Are you typing this down? Um, can we remember? You think we're going to remember it? It'll, I'll have something that's shown up on the screen. Okay. And now number three, it was probably Ryanusuke from Sword of Doom, right? Mm-hmm. So who do you think is number four? This is really hard to do not looking at the list. Who do you think is worse? Oh, I know who you like better, but who do you think is worse? Um, Ethan Edwards or Daniel Plainview? Or Tuco? Tuco is worse. So Tuco's the number four. And then I want to say Daniel Plainview and then Ethan Edwards. After, it's got to be Connie Nikas, right? Connie Nikas is next. And then Barry Lyndon. Very bottom three are like Ray, Lou, and Davis. But who am I missing? And then at the very, very bottom is um and the man with no the name. The man with no name. So I think we got I think we got our list. Is that then. it? Okay. Ferris Bueller, Lou Bloom, Rianuske, Tuco, Daniel Plainview, Daniel Plainview, Ethan and- Edwards, mm-hmm. Connie Nikas, Barry Lyndon, then uh, Ray, and Lou and Davis, and then the man with no and name. And then the man with no name. And that's it. We did it. Yeah. We did it. Good job. Good job, us. Folks, we hope you enjoyed <laughs> this month's theme. Um, after the weekend, we're diving right in to Halloween Hump Get Fest. ready. It's going to be fucking awesome. Every weekday is a drop. Every weekday, a horror movie drop. Yes. And uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, on the Mondays, we're going to revisit Hammer Horror Movies. Christopher Lee Dracula is all month long. The classic British studio that made all those fun horror movies. And then each week uh, for the middle week for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, each week's going to have its own little theme. You can put it together. And then Friday is going to be much more of a random Halloween horror drop. But yes, so when it's all said and done, we there will be 27 different movie discussions in October alone. Including a very special episode, a six-pack review episode of the first six John Carpenter Halloween movies. Which means 33 on, movies. On Halloween. I counted that. In, oh, uh, right. <laughs> I, I, I did count that before I gave the final. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Check check our show notes for links and other places to find us. Yes. Uh, what do you think about Ferris? I know people. a lot of people love this movie. I think we gave it a good score. I, maybe some people would have gone higher, but I actually do think a 7.25 is a pretty solid. It's not a bad sense. movie at all. And where it falls in the list makes sense. Even if you're disgusted by Ferris Bueller and the implications of his future. But, uh, yeah, John Hughes knows what he's doing, though. As much as you may give or take some of his characterizations. Uh, but, yeah, leave a comment, like, and subscribe. Death to all traitors.